Welcome to the EQIQ podcast, uh, the show where we foster connection and uh, deepen ecological intelligence. I'm your host, Aaron Henderson. Today we have a very special guest, a true local from uh, Jerusalem, Israel, earth-based artist, builder, teacher, creator, and massive action taker, Dafka Yalon. A worldwide traveler by the age of four, Daphne Yalon is a prodigious and highly productive. She has a, she, she's a creator of amazing spaces and projects that explore a deeper connection with the earth and, and uh, the space we call home. Along the way, she's uh, super conscious of fostering deeper connections between each other and, and, and within ourselves. Uh, with a degree in Isra- from Israel and a master's from Tasmania, Australia, she has a long list of collaborations, teaching positions, community projects and artwork installations, including a seminal work which involved her spending 10 days in a cube in the Australian desert. She's won numerous awards and is well recognized as a mover and shaker in the field of natural building here in Israel. As well as artistic, Daphne is highly practical and involved in multiple outreach and teaching projects. A master in working with Earth as a building material, she has completed works in the Eco Kibbutz Lotan and pioneered work at connecting builders and Earth, and run a huge number of courses teaching natural Earth-based building, both alone and in collaboration with the pioneers of this space. Her work is both highly practical and deeply moving, bringing a dignity and professionalism to the concept of what is our home. Daphne is truly a force of nature in the space of Earth-human cons- uh, uh, connection and the land is our home. On her suggestion, we're recording this episode inside the elegant and almost finished Earth renovations of a home in Jerusalem, and I can tell you it's a very amazing space. Thanks for hosting us and being our guest. Daphne, welcome to EcoIQ. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit... Uh... Yeah, over, overwhelming have a, for you. I have a long list of uh, achievements, uh, uh, Daphne. So I'm, I, I know you grew up in some very amazing places around the world, So, and I'm sure there were some very deep connections planted over there. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, growing up and your connection that you had on the way? Briefly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, there was a point in my life that I realized that I, that I say I was made in Africa, uh, came to Israel you know, when I was minus six, uh, uh, six months old. Mm. Born in Jerusalem, Israel, mm. to a Belgian mother, an Israeli father, a Belgian mm. mother who grew up in Congo, in Congo, uh, Belgian Congo. Oh. And then at the age of two, so I was born actually not far from here, really, in, uh, in, uh, in this region. But then at the age of two, we went to, uh, we lived in Korea for two uh, mm-hmm. years and came back, lived close to Tel Aviv, then uh, went to South Africa for two and a half years, and uh, came back to Jerusalem, then my family lived in uh, South uh, in Brazil for mm-hmm. uh, five years, and uh, uh, during my uh, yeah, young uh, adolescence, in my years, I was in my army service, I was back and forth from uh, South America, then traveled there, traveled North America, traveled uh, and then went to study in Australia, was in Tasmania for three years. And, uh, and I understand also you spoke the language when you were in Korea and uh, maybe Afri- South Africa as well, a little bit. Well, actually, th- that's English because in, uh, well, when I was, uh, we, we lived in Korea, so we had at home French and Hebrew, which are <laughs> you know, mother languages. And then on the street we had Korean, and wow. uh, but... We were so young, so our parents thought it was too much to be in a Korean kindergarten as well. So we were in an American kindergarten, so we had right. English on top. So we had wow. four languages wow. at that time. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's not that I. So English was in in also part of you know very early stages, three, four, 
years we had English in our, uh, but but I really learned later on in the, when I was seven or eight in South Africa that's where some people even notice a bit the subtle accent that, uh, I understand I understand also in in Korea already your your parents said that you were always like a very hands-on child you like to to get into things is that right they uh, they had uh, recorded uh, videos like they had you know so small family videos mm-hmm. where you see um, in the kindergarten fairy you know um, how do you say into the mat and so fully concentrated in like a, mm-hmm. and then you know there's also a video of me like digging you know digging. tiny little mm-hmm. you know digger so when I saw that yeah you know that so yeah, my, my parents uh, put put a spotlight on when I saw it I said you know it's, it's amazing it's amazing mm-hmm. how early on like this kind of very embedded uh, you know cellular characters are But something there was probably a <coughs> sorry there was probably some uh, cellular information over there, but definitely something happened a bit in South Africa, as I understand, not because I mean South Africa is a very different uh, nature to to Korea, right the nature is much deeper, wild places mm-hmm. so what did did you feel something uh, shift or something came out of you in 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 South Africa, hiking and things like that? Did you have any moments you felt really like deeper connections over there to nature specifically? Uh, I, I, I was young uh, yeah, so I didn't we didn't the the things that uh, I remember in uh, the, the experiences that I had at when I was eight nine ten years old so but but still I think one one of the things that my parents said we you know in a three week camp you know wow. in the close to the the sea uh, it was you know kind of you know these these camps are are common there I was younger and they wanted me to to get the experience they said you know when when my younger brother was eight they said they wouldn't have done it you know it was um, but i got For you, that uh, mm, and, interesting yeah and also on another field a school field trip to uh, uh kruger national park where they kind of had you sneaked me in because uh-huh. i was you know it was an age uh, was so they felt there was something particular about you that they wanted you to experience then your yeah. brother was the same age my brother was a year a year and uh, something older than me mm-hmm. you know? so we, we were very close in age so he went we were four uh, of us and i was okay. uh, so it was kind of not not to miss the opportunity if we if we were there and and yeah south africa was uh, i think um uh, You know, there are many, many, many things, I think, are also on a cultural level and also experiences the split of, uh, of uh, you know, it was the start of, uh, of apartheid when mm-hmm. uh, we were there, you know, so experiencing that... Um, Very hardcore. The, the split of, you, you really had, at that time, you really had split of, you know, benches for whites and for blacks and, mm. you know, toilets for blacks and for whites. And we had people working with us who were our... You know, friends, but but were you know, separate, but separate, and mm. uh, and really heavy. Uh, the, really, the 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 rights uh, started. You know, with the mm. maid that was working for us, and and I remember. You know, so it's the the anger and the, the, her anger. You know, towards uh, us uh, as mm. whites, but we didn't have anything anything to do particularly because we were close and, yeah, uh, but yeah. because of the political issues and so it's 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 just sunk into my my uh, you know my soul those experiences of humans being so uh, disconnected disconnected with the, mm-hmm. with each other and the, and then I guess you know it wasn't conscious it was you know it was raw childish experiences of uh, 
which I think later I think uh, I think you know they kind of sink into into your system and they you know they, they, they rise up again and you realize well you know what do they have to do with with mm. creating yourself or making growing yourself as a whole human being uh, mm, I actually find in my own it's very interesting I actually find in my own work a lot of the time that uh, sometimes when you had a lack uh, as a child or some where there, there feels like a a hole, so naturally we try to go towards something to to make that that hole that mm-hmm. with the with the W. <laughs> yeah. Try to so it seems like you you wanted to make that connection a bit uh, stronger because especially in your work, your work is actually not only just building; it's also about people being integrated into the into yes, the building. Yes, I can say that a lot of that I think I think also in my personal family, you know, the, the situations of you know internal things that as a child I. I found myself a lot questioning why, you know, what is the misconnection, miscommunication that creates such immense tears that I was, I was concerned about them, I was worried about Mm. them, I was was questioning them, looking at them and, uh, and in, uh, but I couldn't, yeah, I was never able as, until uh, until my late uh, my early thirties, I I didn't break the possibility of articulation as I'm able to now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's things that are you feel them, you sense them, you kind of uh, and uh, and in in matter and earth, I found kind of um, uh, kind of you know this deep dialogue, like I call mm-hmm. it. You know, you know when I had my matter, my my hands into them. That, that's that's where I could feel this wordless connection and this wordless exploration which yeah, when I was doing my thesis I had to I had to put it in words I was kind of forced into the academic world and I was struggling with that and I write about it a lot all of a sudden I have to you know something that I can so much uh, bring out in with the matter with the dialogue with the matter which I realized is a dialogue with the matter I had to find my way to put it mm-hmm. in uh, words so so when when I found that, uh, yeah, for me there's that depth of um, of conversation, of dialogue, of bounds that you create with matter, and how we can create it between people and the connection, the people, and then the larger scale of it being, uh, you know, not just um, uh, you know uh, clay or, or or land of ideas of land, you know, it all started mm-hmm. coming in as a. Yeah, the feeling of a space and home, all these questions. A lot of a lot of things to unpack there, and we'll definitely get to those. I, but I, I just reminded me of something I wanted to ask you in the in the in the beginning, actually, just to break the ice a bit, so to speak. Was uh, with it, with a, such an incredible nature, and you're wanting to be very connected to Earth and everything in South Africa. I remember even reading an article from a long, for many years ago, when you were in Tasmania, and you told them over there, "I'm a true uh, uh, Jerusalemite." And I love uh, Jerusalem, and you and you and you came back here. So I'm just curious. A lot of Israelis that sometimes end up, especially someone that so wants to be in nature, might end up in South Africa. What what do you love about this place so much that you that you decided to be here? <coughs> well, uh, that I decided to be in Jerusalem. Yeah. That's a question between. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's something beyond. Uh, I think. Uh, well, beyond. Uh, actual, you know, something that I can say, Hmm. love now, 
know, because love <laughs> now I'm in a kind of in between the. I understand. We'll definitely get to love and hate, but um, but when I say when I said true Jerusalemite, what uh, and what brings me back or to to the Syria, which is a. Um, First of all, there's generations, you know, from my father's side, we're five generations here, mm-hmm. fifth generation, so there's, my father was always, you know, this freak of wanting, whatever, wherever we are, coming to Jerusalem, not to, <laughs> even though we were, we were, you know, at one point also close to Tel Aviv, but no, Jerusalem was here, this mm-hmm. Jerusalem joke. Um, I, myself, found that... Um, when I was in a, in a I, I didn't feel that instinctively. I just felt, you know, kind of resonance, you know, this uh, you know, surrounding where with places where you you're familiar with kind of people. But uh, but the place where I really looked into it when I was in Australia and I was questioning a lot because that's that's where why I also threw myself out to to that you know where is you know what is that deep essence of home and. And the clue that I found, and, and this is, I think, my connection to um, Jerusalem, what I actually found in Aboriginal um, mm. notions of connection to place and culture, is, you know, when uh, 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 a baby, I, I believe that most indigenous cultures, originally, uh, babies were born into a, a, a cavity in the ground, you know, when the mother was about to, to give birth, to, to make a... a Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a hole in the ground, and usually the grandmother or the elders, you know, would support the, the mother's birth. Mm-hmm. And when the baby was born, it was immediately uh, cleansed, like the 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 placenta was cleaned with the um, how do you call it? You know, the, yeah, the, the with the with the earth from that place. Mm-hmm. And that used to be the in in the Australian Aboriginal things that I found in my research. That that used to be the definition uh, of identity of that uh, that baby mm-hmm. wherever it was born with that land with the uh, the animals the species mm-hmm. of you know and this would be his totems like his protectors you could wonder he could go anywhere in the world you know it doesn't have to be physically stayed but this is kind of things you know mm-hmm. that are um, uh, uh, your, your points of reference or points of ident- you know mm-hmm. the connection and and when I found for, for me that was an answer to to my connection to 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 Jerusalem to mm. Israel culturally it's not that um, it, it's it, this is where my deep I was physically uh, born here like my physical body came out here sounds smells whatever so mm. there's that interaction and that connection and with language culture people that this is where my world you were washed in was. Jerusalem. <laughs> was washed in Jerusalem, and uh, yeah, it doesn't. Um, so what what I see maybe it, it comes closer and closer. Maybe this is, yeah, I, I also it, I realize it's like the umbilical cord. Okay, when you have that point of the umbilical cord, that point that keeps uh, nourishing, and you know where mm. you come in and out. When you physically cut it from a baby, you get it's as if you get a new umbilical cord mm, yeah, on the ground. The place. Mm. And this is what I see. This is my feeling. I have. You know, I, I have a lot of ambivalence about this. Uh, the, 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 a lot of the overloaded human meaning that's put on this piece of land. Uh, mm. But yeah, this is part of it for me. This, uh, so I'm kind of now I'm at a point where I'll, I'll just love it and hate. I'm here, and I recognize 
you know, my ability, you know, with the Hebraic language, with the culture, with the stories, with the stories of the land, the stories of the people, which are connected to materials, but with a lot of questioning and saying, okay, what is it done to the, how does it all create us human beings, better not into overloading with meaning, but going back to the, um, how do you say, the, the very raw basics of connection mm-hmm. and not, uh, how do you say, again, um, uh, you know, attached, you know, attached with layers of meaning that become then a splitting or a disconnection or a, because you, um, how do you say, you own it, you, you, uh-huh. you, you take ownership of something that cannot be. Interesting. It's uh, it probably leads us into uh, your actual work itself. You you talk about like the house as a home, mm-hmm. and a home as I understand it's a it, it's a place. It's a feeling of, of of place, which I think also you can feel in nature. But I mean, a home is very. It's like a contained feeling of place. So that's what what are you trying to create over there? Is a, a house as a home? It's like you you're trying to create that space that feels like a home, that's kind of more basic, but can you help share a little bit of that idea? Yeah, the, um, well, I think as, as, you know, as, as creatures, I think all creatures, all natural creatures um, um, need some kind of protection, mm. protection in, from elements, from wherever to places, you know, the, the very, very first place is, is um, in, uh, in the womb. Mm. This is our very first home space <laughs> it's a physical space that we're born and grown into yeah. and I think we really need that you know something that uh, uh, you know not just uh, you know phase you, you need um, you know that uh, that feeling that's something that and you feel, you feel sometimes in, in modern ha- in house modern in a modern house there is that that kind of there's a lack of it in that area like it's not a because of the you know because maybe because of the material or the not so much a connection with the house itself. I don't. I, I don't want. To, yeah. I, I, the, the thing. The thing is first. Let's like, say with the with the idea of that need. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is okay. where I was searching. Okay. And, and I was looking for myself. Where do I feel? Uh, you know. In what situations or spaces do I feel comfortable or not comfortable? What mm-hmm. places do create that kind of? Uh, um, I know. Uh, envelope or wrapping or uh, yeah. you know caressing for me as a, you know, that, uh, and this is, you know, not an observation, you enter space, what do you feel, and so, and where do you feel disconnected or not, uh, and um, so when I was consciously looking into that, first I was, I, I also in Australia, I realized that I was looking at other people as well, you know, okay, if they feel, if they're in their space, if they, it feels like, you know, their kind of space, or they disconnect and how they form their spaces and all that. What are the choices? And uh, and then I started, you know, consciously looking looking into into that, but myself and to others, and then and then um, and then um, and then I found, you know, there's a whole uh, there's a whole. First of all, I was needing that. Um, uh, I was searching that for myself, but I saw that many people are. Searching that uh, those qualities and uh, mm-hmm. and for me I realized that that there's a huge difference when I enter into a space which is made of natural materials mm-hmm. and spaces which are made of uh, 
of um, of I say I call them you know there's, there's another level of degradation of material they you know they they're more processed they're fine they're not breathable they're not absorbable all kinds of materials and I you feel the difference because you feel the difference in in uh, in uh, first of all in the quietness okay the ability of the wall to absorb like you enter here you immediately feel the quietness or many earthen homes you immediately feel it and you're not aware immediately what it's about but it's because there's the nature of materials is to absorb and not to throw back at you okay to throw back which uh, um, uh, concrete and iron and glass materials which are closed throw back at you mm. okay they don't absorb it's like um, they don't want connection as much as the there's an absorption is like a feeling wanting to connect the earth wants to connect you can yeah you can you can you can bring how do you say humanize well, the material you humanizing the material you can do that <laughs> Um, I think it's not, and, and I'm not against all the the processed materials. I'm not against you know uh, concrete and iron and, and glass and uh, ceramics and all the materials that need to have, we need it as humans also to bring to another level of process. It's not about that. Mm. It's about balance in space and what creates uh, and where you need okay, where you need the the refinement. What do you exactly need and, and what. Um, uh, yeah, and, and how uh, a space is uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, makes a human, you know, a human feel comfortable in it. And, uh, so, was it always something intuitive for you, the, the the thing of natural materials? I mean, the actual material itself was it always something natural to, like, an instinctive thing, or did you take some time at some point to? looking about it, what's the effects on a person and, you know, more technical things. Did you look into that once or it was just you always sat on the instinctual level that it's a, that it's a, I know it's something good and, 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 uh, and I get that feeling from it and um, that I'm going to continue with it. Or did you ever think, you know, I'm curious about, did you find out like, because uh, you mentioned to me once before it absorbs uh, radiation and, and, and light and all, this is something you investigated at, at some point when you were... Yes, when when I I, I flow between um, the intuitive world, the intuitive, and then and then um, the the research and exploration mm-hmm. on different levels. Like my first first year, I get it, you know, drawn into something, and I feel it, and then I, you know, um, I'm curious about uh, about it beyond uh, myself, or you know, why is is it, and then. Uh, and uh, and then yes, yeah, so, so I go into into another level of uh, first a research. Um, uh, I know I I do experiments, you know, experiments with myself. That's in terms of uh, uh, malleability and uh, structuring and what I can do with this. Working with the material. Working, so. yeah, breaking mm-hmm. it down and. Uh, um, but then there's, you know, things come come together in a different in a different way in your state of mind because. You know, I studied ceramics at Bezalel, and uh, then you get a full body of it. First of all, the choice of, of, of studying it was, you know, this intuitive attraction mm-hmm. to how very raw material becomes something, becomes an object, becomes a vessel, becomes, you know, design mm-hmm. utility for our life. So that's what drew me to study that. So into a full curriculum, four-year studies, and then you have... You have um, besides all kinds, you know, full-on exercises with the different kinds of materials, which is a huge, uh, a whole profession in itself, 
you have also four years of technology, of, of technology and the material, which is mm -hmm. about chemistry, about the, mm -hmm. so. Okay. But it's not at this um, at this point that so I learned technically these things, but but the connection of them and the technology of the earthen materials came later, and understandings mm -hmm. of what. Uh, um, I always say to my students as well that um, the, the real learning starts after you study, okay? You, do, you study, you learn, you get information, but the real learning starts afterwards. It's from my own experience, you know, four years of study, but things didn't sink in. Even if I had, you know, the, the technical terms or the technical, but the real embodied understanding of them comes from the actual hands-on mm -hmm. experience and so yeah so things that I um, so then when you know I could I saw things in the in the urban world and I was curious okay what is that point of uh, of materials which are processed to the firing point and then there's another level of 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 of, of uh, how do you say uh, durability qualities of materials to a point which don't need the fire, okay? Mm. And that's, okay, that's what threw me into this. Uh, so the fire was an element really, but there was something that doesn't require cooking, basically. I mean, it's the raw, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, very interesting. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, it's, it's also, it sank in, in when, when I was writing also my, my thesis in Australia, I realized, because I, I, re I really like also refined materials. I really liked also working with refined porcelain, okay, which mm. is very delicate and very... Uh, and there was a point that I was working both both with porcelain and raw earth because I like also the contrast and the, mm -hmm. um, but the real difference is that uh, that and I noticed that you know that the, the, you know once something goes into a deeper firing level of processing it it's becomes semi dead it doesn't it's mm -hmm. not livable and mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and I was and I was and I'm still am curious that uh, I. Um, at that point of, uh, of where a materialist transformed to being dead in a way that it doesn't break up, it doesn't compost back. In, yeah. It needs, like, you know, like you said, no. Uh, um, um, why can you find, you know, uh, in, uh, in archaeological digs, which materials do you find? <laughs> Interesting. Players. You find metals, you find glass, you find uh, ceramics. Um, ceramics mm. okay, and... Uh, but it's uh, but but earth a lot of it is degraded back into mm. so it's kind of alive there's still a vitality it's to the material right. which is very interesting because yeah. actually it's, we're talking about sand and minerals it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, people would say it's dead mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah very interesting so, so then so here there's another level of uh, how do you say of of understanding of the technology of aggregates and materials that work together to be, to become structural, to mm. become firm, to become, but for the use of human life in a human cycle, but as long, uh, uh, you know, pe people always uh, often ask, you know, okay, so so it's, uh, it's not strong enough, you know, it breaks down into the earth, it would, and and I say, um, as long as you have a relationship with a building, and it, 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 it would hold, it could hold forever, with any kind of building, with any kind of material, even uh, like once the, the human connection with a structure, a building, a place, 
is lost. It doesn't matter with any, any, any material, even in concrete, even in glass, even in iron. Once humans leave that, you, you see deserted buildings, nature comes back over it. Mm-hmm. So if you can get this, this, this you know, strength and body and quality with natural materials, um, then why not for, for the life cycle of a human, which can be generations? You know, there's a human uh, city, there's urban cities uh, in, in the, that, that are standing, you know, for uh, hundreds and thousands of years mm. on this planet, you know, that, mm. um, but again, you know, I, I think it's, it's a dialogue. It's not that I'm, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm, I really want to, to say it. I, I appreciate also the development and the high-tech mm-hmm. of materials. I appreciate um, that human capacity to develop those, um, yeah. But I think in terms of a holistic relationship with our planet, I think that search is for balancing. Mm-hmm. And we lost this, this, this lost of connection with Earthen natural materials that have been, um, how do you say, kind of cut off, but 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 already in a cycle of renewal for um, you know since the uh, um, I don't know I think there's that research again it's from the 1670s that is pushing and going back into. And I think it's a, it's a, it sounds like a, a Daphne, it's a, a it's a bit of a dialogue that might be a bit um, challenging space for some people to get into because. It, when you're not connected for a long time, and then someone tells you, "Okay, your building will be stronger if you're connected to it," that's a bit, a bit of a big call for some people. Oh, I need to be connected. You know, just, just teach me what I need to do now, and then let me leave it alone. It's a. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Uh, do you want to shut that down? Uh, let's let's see if it. Uh, okay. Interferes. Maybe I'll hold on. Yeah, just turn it over a little. <coughs> Yeah, turn it, turn it. Just turn it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're saying it's a, it's a bit of a. It would, isn't it? A, it's a, you think it's a bit of a big call. I mean, I, I actually really wanted to ask um, is. Uh, you started, I know you started with ceramics and it, you really kind of uh, got into the question here is that um, when you first started with ceramics, it was very, I was very curious what took you to change from ceramics to earth and you really answered it, I think. It's a, there was something that was drawing you over there to be more and more involved in living in something that there is like a dialogue over there. You felt there was like less of a dialogue with the ceramics and but, but uh, maybe, but uh, also I think there is something there with the people because when you do ceramics, I mean it's more, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems a little bit more, it could be a bit more disconnected because you make a, a, a vessel or something and, and then you, sh- you know, you, the, the, the person can use it, another person can use it, but when you actually make a building you need to do it together. It's like uh, there is something over there that you, you were drawn to over there and I'm curious about that, uh, we, t- we entered into it a little bit, but uh, it's a very interesting uh, area, like what made you make the change, the shift to being more and more involved in, in, uh, in, in practical, I mean, it's building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... um, well, first of all, the, uh, the realization of how much you can do when I, when, when I got connected to, the, uh, to this field in uh, Lothan and, in, uh, and uh, in India later when I saw what, you know, people, 
it was Duke. You know. mm. Furniture, I think what attracted me as a ceramicist were slabs, like uh, furniture slabs that were made of just raw earth and and, uh, and donkey manure. <laughs> and you say, you know, it's, it's like a, a wooden board and they make it f- full furniture, full house furniture. Mm-hmm. Think that was, you know, yeah, mind-blowing for me, that, that mm. possibility, to, you know, and... And uh, and uh, and what I saw, and th- that was one in the end, and and the activity together that that people do together. But as let's say from the, the material side, I felt that there's a lot uh, to research to implement back into contemporary life. Mm. That is possible. It's not just a, that. It's not just a, a, how do you say an ancient uh, that. Uh, that you can apply and in another in another I think way the more I go into it now is how also uh, you integrate um, uh, industrial waste you know as mm. fibrous industrial waste yeah. with raw materials that are you know that re, re bring you know bring our level of recycling when I talk connection is our connection as humanity in the larger mm. cycles of of the the material okay so mm. if we create create a lot of waste, but we can recreate with it, you know, other um, uh, other objects, material that are livable. Just be aware of, aware of the larger cycles. So you say it's not just going back to the past, there's also a progression over there. Yeah, right? yes, mm. definitely not not about going back, back to the past, but, a, mm. but an actually uh, refining, I think, of our possibilities of working with the resources, the holistic mm. resources we have. And, and you know, byproducts that we create in a natural way, and we, we bring things back into the cycle. But we do need that embedded. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, also in, intuitive. Um, you connect those uh, those intuitive ancient knowledges with uh, with contemporary uh, um, uh, scientific research, and you know, whatever industrial. And some this this I think fascinates fascinating me on a level. Of material, and I found that there's for me, you know, I was just kind of curious to, to test and check, and mm. and so, so eventually, you know, you have 24 hours in a in my <laughs> mind. So that was on one thing, and the other thing, yeah, that I yeah, started getting involved in in building projects, and I saw people just becoming alive, you know, they're mm. touching earth, which was different from ceramics, okay, because ceramics is a um, um, ceramics is a processed material, okay, it's, it's natural, it's refined, but in order to, to bring it to the end product, you have to fire it. Mm. Knowing, okay, so so the industry has to, there's this, a lot of bodies of clay, you know, which gives different kind of uh, textures to fire to this temperature, to, to achieve this and that and other, and, and so it's a whole other um, yeah, uh, uh, Professional and skills that you need to to gain and, and experience that you need to know, which is, mm-hmm. I think it's um, um, uh, I do think you have that. You, you that's this is needed as well now in the raw materials and the raw um, uh, applications to apply it to contemporary uh, um, living. Although um, uh, you have here also a scale, also in the earth building, you have a, a scale from very intuitive playful experience, just, you know, go in the garden, they mold and you know, do whatever to 
high, highly uh, skilled professionals of knowing in order to have something stable. Do you think they have relevance, all those stages? All those stages have relevance, all those stages are needed mm. in order to, I think, to connect to the larger picture. Mm. Um, but coming back to that point of when I felt that people were just... I don't know. It's it's. I I felt it's like you blow them. You know the the the, the mythological uh, uh, story of uh, of uh, putting breath into a human mm -hmm. and becoming uh, into you know an earth and becoming becoming alive. alive, becoming a human. That was the feeling. You know, like mm -hmm. people touching the earth and and they just something. It's like a, an old memory of breathing a different kind of breath, a different kind of engagement, a different kind of being comes alive. Mm. which you didn't feel that in a, I didn't feel it's not the same it's, there's a level of it in ceramics but not as much in, in, mm. in, in, as I felt with the raw earth mm. because of that realization that you know today people ceramics normally they, they do need to tear a plastic bag or a cardboard to have the access to it here you can have immediacy with wherever you are <laughs> although in our set of mind, I did, did you know, students of mine from uh, uh, from the College of Education. Sometimes they do feel kind of lost. They're not aware when when I teach them. You know, sometimes they say, "But where will I get? Where will I the find materials. the materials?" <laughs> so, so you think, you know, that how much absurdity there is in it um, that uh, that people have to learn to to. Look down below, beneath their feet, to dare to touch, to dare to what's mm. just beneath the feet that holds every one of us every day. Mm. Where can I find it? And and also, what I get the sentences of uh, of uh, I had um, uh, a year that I taught uh, to uh, courses for uh, kindergarten uh, teachers, and and there were a lot. It's challenging because uh, because first of all most kindergartens today they don't have a, they it's don't have concrete. it's concrete or mm. uh, uh, how do you say um, uh, artificial grass mm. even sandbox sandboxes they 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 diminish so mm. uh, all these and and the, the issue of getting dirty so and and there's a lot of development of. Uh, uh, um, of uh, how do you say uh, sensitivity, like um, uh, material sensitivity that kids develop, like all the HDD did, you know, mm -hmm. uh, kind of also the. Yeah. And what I found, yeah, so 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 those uh, students who are going to be teachers for kindergarten were kind of afraid to bring, for, to touch themselves, you know. I, I had to get them to a point to. If they're not, um, I don't know, able to touch, so just imagine touching, or you know, or touch just with the tip of the finger, and slowly, slowly unravel that daring to to touch and bring it. You know, I had I gave them an exercise; they had to take it into the kindergarten, mm. and then at the end of the summary of the course, the sentence that shocked me was that they referred to this as being exposed to a new material. Mm. Okay, for them, being exposed to earth was being exposed to a new material. Mm. And did you see a change in them from that? You saw them like, I mean, themselves? De like definitely, but, but, but do you hear the sentence, okay? The most ancient <laughs> material on earth is a new material for them. 
That's that's a shocking thing for me. Okay. Is that hard to hear a little bit? It was. It was. It's, it's, it's shocking. It's, it's shocking, and mm. it's it's kind of you know where they use um, I don't know uh, all kinds of artificial paints, artificial glues, um, which are all normal materials for them. All that is normal and regular, mm. and then the most ancient material is, uh, is new to them. Mm. It's sad. So do, do you feel your work with the, um, I see there's like a strong element of like, um, uh, I don't know, I would say work helping people, but the, the people is a big part of your work, I see. It's a, so um, do you feel your, your work with the, like of, of building, you, you've seen like uh, people transform from that, you, like your students when they started, it sounds like it's a very regular thing, probably be quite a regular thing for you to say. Yeah. Because it's quite a, it's already part of them, mm-hmm. but it's a new material. Yeah. <laughs> So you saw many times that kind of a transformation happen with your students, and yes, yes, definitely a lot of uh, a lot of uh, um, yeah, kind of inner revelations. Um, mm. uh, first, you know, there's there's different kinds of uh, you know um, uh, teachings and students. There's one, there's um, you know. Uh, courses that I do for the you know open to 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 the public and uh, you know workshops and things like that that mostly there would be people who are searching to look for that and they mm. come and then uh, um, you got an audience this particular uh, yeah audience. this this is more but also there's a broader and, and it's it's enlarging like I see mm. throughout the years like it's uh, it's it's uh, yeah it's it's growing the um, uh, the people who are interested you know and uh, mm-hmm. um, from students from art design schools, architectural that you know, and then uh, people who are searching for something a new experience. There's a lot. So that's one uh, who come who are more um, intuitively open and uh, and and fascinated. Just get fascinated by the possibility, and, and mostly I think and empowered to it. That that's a long journey to get people to to dare on themselves. To, take on and dare on their own and that's one uh, and then at the school of um, at the college of education I mean this that that's where it's um, it's um, first of all imagine it's a setting which um, they hardly have any hands-on courses okay so that's and this is kind of a um, even the artificial courses you mean hands-on you mean anything uh, it's practical yeah. Yeah, they don't. They, they have very maybe in you know there there are uh, students who take a, how do you say a masloule shiluvo manuyot of artistic and then they have a little bit of uh, sketching drawing crafts, you know, crafts yeah. things like that. Um, but uh, but other most of the students would get they they have um, kind of the the, the workshops but. Yeah, they they don't they don't really have an in course that they, they that, that mm-hmm. that's the 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 purpose and these are things that the um, uh, the um, <coughs> how do you say the um, institute um, of education for sustainability that's that's uh, where you curate over there right yes I'm yeah. I I joined uh, the um, uh, founders of the um, of the of the institute within the College of Education, uh, Michal Yuval, which is a botanist, and uh, Eyal Bloch, uh, 
they founded the institute, um, I think, uh, seven or eight years ago, mm-hmm. uh, in order to embed um, uh, ideas of holistic sustainability, you know, not just uh, not just so-called gardening or you know green energy, but a holistic approach, also a human approach, mm-hmm. into the into the uh, into the system, the educational system, and that was the way in a college of education. So it's not fully yet recognized in the curriculum, but it's a but that was the aim to bring into courses that work in the college um, ideas and. And part of it was it's basically they see art and crafts as crucial to part of the uh, sustainability um, aspect and mm. education of a human. So uh, there's uh, Danny Fradkin, he's a, an amazing um, um, educator and uh, a woodworker, which uh, brought in built uh, a wood uh, a workshop and started uh, bringing in. Uh, the crafts and uh, and I joined in. I was uh, uh, brought in uh, a few years ago. First with the, the, an exhibition that uh, uh, I myself was proposed to do at the part of the art uh, social art gallery. Mm-hmm. And the social art gallery that works is 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 one of the corridors in the in the college that is taken to um, expose ideas act of artists and uh, in or artistic or in artistic way um, ideas of sustainability to create the dialogue to open the dialogue within the mainstream um, mm-hmm. uh, education and uh, and then later I was asked to take on the role of a curator so that's this is one thing that I do too um, and but it, but just to finish that uh, that thing that you asked about uh, the transformation of students in, uh, in, mm, uh, in the yeah. process. So they're not used to having these kinds of courses within their full yeah. um, uh, curriculum of education. And then all of a sudden, you know, they have these little openings, you know, of mm. course about wood, of course about earth. And first of all, it's a fresh, a breath of fresh air for them yeah, because it's yeah. a point that they can... They call it. Yeah, it's it's mm. something different, and, and they 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 really fully uh, um, appreciate and, and you know say wow, thanks for having this here as part of our education. Mm-hmm. And there are others that are very um, um, uh, challenged that they go through a process of touching and so yes, they definitely. Yeah, uh, I definitely want to take you back a little bit. Two thousand and seven, you have like a seminal work called The Sensuous Earth. Mm-hmm. That you first come up with in Tasmania, in a, sorry, in the desert near Alice Springs. You first come up with in Tasmania, Tasmania sorry. Yeah. But the, main, the the really like a flagship kind of way way you did it, the installation art was was in the desert in, in Alice Springs, mm-hmm. and uh, um, uh, it's very amazing work. I just just briefly, if you could like let us know, you know, how you got to, what you got there, and what 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 does that mean? It basically was like a cube, understand a white cube, and you put it in the desert, and it's a natural. A building, isn't it? It's that's right. The white cube. No. No. no? no. Okay, maybe let maybe you let us yes. know in your own words about yes. what's what about. Let us know a bit about sensuous earth. Yes. Um, in my exploration, when I need a, a bit of a tissue uh, over there, but, uh, thanks, <laughs> the serviceman. Um, 
started uh, my research about um, uh, home, the connection to, to the earth, home, and homeland in, uh, in Australia, then I started with, uh, as an artist, I start within, um, with artistic expressions of, okay, what does it look like? What do, what do I mean? Okay, what do I... Uh, and, and, and I started with the iconic images of what we have in our Western perception of a house, physical structure. Every child will draw a square house with a triangular roof, or <laughs> so. And and so that this this is on a shape, okay, in a form and shape. And then materially, okay, you have uh, was fascinated in you know, exploring with earth, but also the contrast of you know of, of plasterboards, whiteboards, you know, and I was playing just juxtaposing, just putting okay this. This material next to this material, and this shape next to this shape. And mm-hmm. So there's a whole body of what I call poetic little earth worlds. At first, they were small, like um, uh, this uh, this size, thirty by forty little images that I uh, so it's so I started calling them like visual questions because mm-hmm. it's like if you put uh, 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 a plaster next to earth and you. There's a question there. Why you put mm-hmm. this next to this, or if you put a square on, a, you know, next to a rug, why you create a square house or not a rug? It's mm-hmm. questions. So mm-hmm. they were visually put, and one of them was obviously you know, a very square um, white cube placed on a chunk of earth, and uh, so this was the initial initial uh, phase. Um, and um, and then there was this uh, uh, call call out for a conference in Australia for senses of place, which was exploring the ideas that I was exploring in my uh, in my research. And, uh, and I thought, okay, I do it. What what I do when some, something drops into my mind, the, the way of knowing what it is. This is, I think, I don't know. I think it's my my artist way. What I found through the the. Um, the years when you have an, an image of something, of an expression of something, the way of knowing what it is, I have to do it, put it out there, and then it talks back to me. Or mm-hmm. even my ceramics work, when it's there, then I understand more of what I was talking about, what, what I was thinking, what I was doing, what I'm, you know, there's that resonance between the thought, the material, the doing, and then it comes back. And, mm-hmm. So this is what happened with this. I had uh, this image of me, you know, questioning why do we create square houses? What are the materials we use? What are the... And then I said, okay, let's uh, create this white cube, and I start opening the earth, opening the tiles, and bringing the earth into the this cube, and having a conversation with myself, with the material, with the mm. cube, with people who come and ask. I I didn't know. I just had this. Amazing idea. Image. It, it was really an image that dropped into my mind, and I ran it also by by a friend who's a, she's a you know theatrical you know person, and uh, and she she you know so she was trying to to pin me into like from a theatrical point of view. But I said I, I don't I don't know. I, t- I told her what I told her. I remember we had a conversation from Tasmania to Israel, and I said I have no idea, but I just have to do it, and then I. Will know and uh, so and and I had people. I said I, I need people outside me to, to take photographs because I I didn't know it, I really didn't know but it was an image. I had to do it 
create it and then see. And it was a full scale, okay? So you had to create this full to, to you know, room with, you know, I go according to size of, uh, of boards or sheets of materials and uh-huh. stuff like that. And then I didn't, I said I didn't know if I was going to meditate there or, you know, work, how the dynamics would work. And, um, and once I did it, and eventually at the conference, I didn't do it physically at the conference, but I presented it at the conference, but, but I got the reflection of the people who were passing by and a whole body of photographs that I didn't take. They were just colleagues and friends of mine and other mm-hmm. people that I asked to, you know, split hours, you know, they came, everyone came, and, and then I gathered it and I started unfolding what was going, uh, mm-hmm. what it was. and. And uh, and the main yeah so 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 it bounces between it's like a, a and, and it, this is the first time that I'm also physically kind of a presence or a, an image of a woman that is active in my I was never a performer I was never you know I did also you know objects works that I presented that were externally mm-hmm. the big work the heart of the matter that I did was in some way I started being physically engaged. But here it was really immersed. I was kind of, yeah, the, 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 the performer, the actor, the person, the mm-hmm. woman, whatever that's enveloping and, and trying to create a space with the earth, bringing the earth in a different way in an iconic symbol shape of a house and having these conversations with what people come in and see and ask why you're doing it and getting them what do you see what do you see and why and, and then the whole conversation rises from that and then I invite people also to to engage to to, to feel to, to feel to sense you know and how and and yeah and this it's again it's a way of triggering and uh, and it's it's still yeah it's a work that I really really um, I've, I've done um, I think five times Mm-hmm. To now, maybe I, uh, there's a talk of another one. Of another one, maybe this uh, year. We'll Do you still feel connected it's... very strongly to that work even today? It's it's um uh, it's such um yeah. I, I recently also showed it to a, a bunch of friends of mine who uh, um people are really really touched um, uh, by by the simple act. And I feel with the, the 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 level of awareness that is is rising about what our relationship with with the planet and and our connection to them, it, it's yeah it's, it's still very very much um, mm. um, um, relevant. relevant and I and I feel it's very much a, a still a, a, a means a way of. of uh, um, what I think is is uh, is is, um, is uh, amazing or, or good about this work is that it's um, it's first of all it's um, uh, it's it's fit into or, or, or uh, could naturally be put in public space mm-hmm. and there's and people can immediately connect okay to the icon to the iconic symbol but then once getting inside. Reconnected to, a little bit. yeah, to, mm. it's it's like something that it's an agent to get them mm, to because uh, and uh, and because yeah, it's uh, you know it can it, it, because that icon can resonate with almost you know you can do it. 
you can see people can you can go you know put these white cubes anywhere almost anywhere kind of thing. yeah this would be this instinct it resonates a lot with the with the EQIQ with the what we do in EQIQ because um, I, I always many I played that for a long time that really the issues we have with the with the planet inverted commas or the issues we have with the environment I don't really think it's a technical thing like you know because of the cars or because of the farting cows it's more just because we become disconnected I think it's all was very interesting actually they um, the work I was fascinated by the work because it says uh, in in the Torah that uh, that uh, Adam you know Adam from Adam and Eve, um, Adam the first man was created from the dust, and uh, I thought about it when I was thinking about the work it seemed to me like the digging out of the hole inside the house you were like unpacking the soul of our connection because it's inside a house, and it's like I feel you know you feel there is a home there it's like I can feel safe and everything but inside that I'm like unpacking what I made of it was very. Uh, very, uh, so I, I can see, I understand why it's still very, very relevant today. It's, uh, it's very interesting. What, what were the touching points for you when you saw it? Uh, can I ask you what, what yeah. were the touching points for you when you... Uh, my touching point, actually, the, the thing that really, the, the one that spoke to me the most was in the desert. I, I, I didn't realize, I, I actually made a mistake. I thought that was the first one, but Tasmania was the first one I saw after on the yeah. grass. Mm-hmm. That was maybe the second one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So the one in the desert touched me the most because um, when you took out, you, I, first of all, when you took the tile off, I saw that it was taking the tile off and then you started digging there. That was already a big a bit of a wow moment for me because... When you you're in this space, you naturally my instinct is okay. Clean lines. Mm-hmm. There's tiles. There's walls. It's uh, clean. And then suddenly there's m- mud. There's dirt <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> I'm a natural person, you know. I, I didn't think it's dirty, but I was a bit okay. There's something. There's something a bit funny over here. And then when it started to become a hole. That was started to change a bit, and the material started to build up on the tiles, and then it started to be on the walls. And I think that there was something special when it was very um, uh, primitive. Is not such a nice word, but it was very raw in the desert. Like later on, when you did your work in in Jerusalem and uh, and also in uh, Uzbekistan, it was a bit more uh, ordered from the people that came in. They they created things and pictures. But in the desert, it was very raw. You just had your hands, you know, it just uh, mud smeared on the wall, you know, painted on the wall. It was very, uh, I, I just felt it was very, um, I felt very connected in, in it sounds funny, I very f- felt connected in a safe way. <laughs> because it was, there was something, okay, the house is important, don't, you don't need to go and live in the, in the forest naked and, you know, and, and make your fires and eat your fish raw. There is a house here, but in the same time, you need to get the walls muddy, get get it, the, you know, make it dirty, you know. And it was very. I, I feel personally, I feel very uh, clean in that environment. Funny enough, and more than if it was uh, scrubbed clean with with uh, with bleach and everything is very. It feels there is a cleanliness about it. It's a uh, purity. Yeah. <laughs> can can we say comment about the word dirty in English? Yeah. Dirty, dirty. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's many things to unpack over there, but uh, I mean, really, this interview is for you, Daphne. It's uh, <laughs> definitely the, the dirt is uh, definitely uh, uh, it's a it's a special kind of word, uh, the dirt, because uh, like I said, in in with the, with ecology, definitely that the the idea of of something being dirty, I, I feel personally, it's more dirty when it's clean. Mm-hmm. You 
you know, when something's super clean, you've got much more possibility, for example, of getting disease from it. Yeah. When it's dirty, you're much more, <laughs> it's much safer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that, that's interesting. No, I was saying that because when I found out that, that I on that, purpose, sorry, definitely, I on purpose used the word dirt because yeah, I know in uh, many of your works yeah. you've said this word dirt. Yeah, it's a bit bothering me. I yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, Because the connotation is uh, yeah is kind of is kind of pushing pushing back rather than that's why. Yeah, but but I, I yeah I understand why you you're yeah you're holding on to the the dirty where I, I was, was saying I was okay, just pushing your buttons get, a little bit <laughs> get your hands yeah get your hands earth earthy not uh, or your your walls earthy why yeah. you have to call it dirt and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and make it something um, but getting a bit dirty is good too. I, uh, you, you mentioned a very amazing fact over there on, uh, in, in Australia that I didn't know about actually, that when the Australian government first decided to, to give Aboriginals their homes, they did something unusual. I just wonder if you can tell that little story and what you got from that. It's a very interesting fact, if you can share it with us. Um, first, um, maybe I'll say what, what uh, every, every place, you know, the cube, when the people encounter it, the people of the place have... Uh, a lot of uh, uh, local political connotations, which is mm. fascinating on that side, because the earth, just connecting with the earth and the structure of the house triggers a lot, a lot, and that's today in people a lot of uh, uh, cultural things you meant, cultural and political, mm. and political. Okay. So in Australia, that was that when uh, people saw the, the the white cube and they came a lot with that uh, with that uh, memory of um, of when. Um, um, the Australian uh, government started to uh, recognize the injustice that was done and to find a way to recompensate the Aboriginal uh, people in their communities. So they thought that one of the answers would be creating, giving them houses. <laughs> but the houses were kind of this side, like these cubicles, like kind of mm. the people uh, who told me, you know, they, they, they told me these stories they were like these kind of cell kind of uh, houses you know with closed walls and everything mm -hmm. and uh, and the aboriginal uh, people broke down the walls not the structure but the walls <laughs> because culturally um, in their spaces okay they were they, 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 the, the, the common way of uh, greeting or coming to each other was you had to see the people you cannot have mm -hmm. so if I, I would sit here and uh, my house, you know, so or in my space, and an Aboriginal who wanted to come and visit me or see me, he would stand by and look and get the okay uh -huh. to to come, not 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 a knock on the door. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like we have, you know, the everything does. Someone knock on the door and can say you can come in or not. This mm -hmm. was, uh, and they were limited by so culturally they were limited because everything is closed. So they needed to see who's coming by and who wants to come in order wow. to. So that was a misunderstanding culturally that the Australian uh, government didn't know why they were breaking what they were given. For them, you know, they're breaking down, not appreciating. And, or another story that I heard was, you know, that they were making fires in their house, you know. So they, you know, they had the fires. Yeah, they were used to making fires and lighting them. So they were lighting them, you know, they the lounge, the main space, making a fire, lighting a... That immediately made sense to you, Daphne, when you heard these stories? Um, when, I, when, I made, when I heard these stories from, yes, I could. I mm. understood them. I, I understood them. 
uh, like first of all, I was fascinated to hear uh, what what is brought up or triggered mm. in any culture from you know the square little uh, house, um, and then yes, and um, and later even uh, there was uh, was participated in a conference that was. Uh, uh, but uh, art of politics and politics of art, and there was a, uh, um, how do you say, an architect uh, company which of which are uh, that presented, which were already kind of they were um, 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 designing with an what they called an Aboriginal approach. They were Aborigines, which were already educated in the um, Western uh, system. But because they had their stories and their understanding of all these uh, cultural ways of connecting, they were redesigning in a contemporary way, um, but with these cultural notions. For for instance, one of the examples that I remember very clearly, they said, you know, like in our culture, normally you have, um, uh, you know, you have one direction of entering a house or a space. You come from the door, which is kind of un. Uh, kind of unperceived per, 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 in like in Aboriginal culture, in your surrounding space, you have to have openings in all directions. Mm. You have to have. So they were kind of working with these cultural um, mm. um, notions of of space of human and creating designing spaces that have. Uh, Actually, also in uh, in the ancient uh, Jewish culture, also you always used to have the said that Abraham had this four always the four sides were always open to invite people. Yes, yes. So I guess a lot of a lot of um, instinctual, um, um, I think, uh, yeah, Aboriginal, Aboriginal, I say in the large sense, Aboriginal, not Australian Aboriginal, but Aboriginal people from every, everywhere, when they used to, you know, live in an open surrounding nature and culture with people, but mm -hmm. I guess there would be many, many similarities or things that are mm -hmm. resonated. Yeah. Uh, Daphne, I, 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 I want to ask you about what's your, what the main projects you're doing now, because what we talked about now is very seminal works, but I know now you have like a very big project that, um, that was for quite a few years, and, uh, and it's like reaching a new transformation stage right now, and that's Adamahi, which is a, the most like, uh, I would say just from the outside that I looked at it, it's the most significant work in, in the sense that it's very much uh, people-based and very much um, um, learning experience and a platform that's about uh, um, it's about learning really so it's a very very new work so only if you could share us a little bit how what what uh, a little bit about what is Adamahi you know and and, uh, and later on what we'll ask where it's uh, where it is today mm -hmm. um, Adamahi um, it's um, started with uh, uh, the idea of the gathering people who are uh, active or interested in the field studying in uh, 2008. It was an initiation of a big friend and colleague who was one of the pioneers in the field of traditional earth building, Tal Bashan. Um, just a gathering, people sharing knowledge exchange and all that, so what you can call conferences or, you know, so, that, so it started with this uh, and um, and we had every every time we'd come uh, together and share different experiences, 
the feeling was that um, there's leader of okay, uh, going further steps. You know, first of all, collecting the the, the data, the local okay um, um, knowledge base, the traditional knowledge base, and the contemporary knowledge base. The point of and the point of, of, of developing um, in the, um, um, trainings or uh, yeah, different kinds of uh, and uh, demonstration and um, uh, research. So, so the, the feeling every time was that this lead of a school, mm-hmm. a school or a training center, a demonstration center, all that. Uh, um, and uh, at, so we had uh, at the time I was in Nativa uh, Lamed Hay that's where we started these conferences and there were three conferences there in 2008, 10 and 12 and um, then uh, the, the feeling yeah I somehow I became I, I don't know I became kind of someone who was always pushing pushing, pushing yeah pushing or, or uh, when there was a wish for another gathering, people would ask, "Okay, when are you doing another one?" And then it started, mm-hmm. and 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 also I feel very much the the, the 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 calling of that interchange and expansion, and and a lot also to do with um, I think opening putting up a different um, professional dialogue, which is more of um, uh, how do you say. Um, um, beyond beyond just uh, competition and narrow-mindedness, but opening of exchange and and um, encouraging and and yeah, and, and that was also trying to practice uh, approaches of of dialogue, exchange, and conversation. Mm. And that's also part of for me what is very much um, important. Not just in the matter of exchange of technology of technology, but how we we feed into each other for mm. a larger uh, it feels uh, like it was very much a dialogue uh, for someone else though whereas before someone's it could also be your own personal dialogue with the work here you actually seem like you're making a space hold a space that people can have their own dialogue with the with the work and maybe that's something we did before yeah um, yeah but but maybe so so slowly if a vision came out a mm-hmm. vision that of of a space, a physical space that that does, you know, that that showcases and uh, demonstrates and does training and uh, and a lot uh, and and keeps on, you know, being this, a bridge or a bridge network between, you know, um, ancient past and also. Mm-hmm. And then I was called. So that, that was, you know, again, it's, it's a vision that comes up of, of a need, and also seeing, um, you know, three, my connections that uh, um, that I, I didn't want also to fall back into a small, narrow space of my own, but rather yeah. practicing that. Mm-hmm. How do we um, keep creating a situation where we keep on practicing? How do we create a different way of of being? Professionals in our field and not fall back into the uh, uh, yeah into old patterns of practice, which mm-hmm. just want to keep secrets from each other and not share. So which mm-hmm. I found so there's a lot of also you know tragedies that were done on the way and all that. Mm-hmm. from the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, from I mean, it was just you know professional uh, experience of. Uh, someone who who, who who 
got into you know deep deep depression from that not being able to to break you know the, sounds the, like it brought up a lot of things in a lot of different people yeah mm. so that was uh, that was you know the vision and, and then I, I was called back like I felt that the, the being in the in the, the village in where you know the, wasn't somehow I was called back to Jerusalem through a student program different things several things brought me back to 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 and 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 I felt that also this dialogue has to be come into the city. You know, it's not mm. uh, it's easy to be closer to the village, but a large part of humanity lives in cities uh, mm. today. So, so I you know I, I follow things that that um, that call me. What but when I came back to Jerusalem, it was with the vision. Okay, what or where is this? Setting or the space or, mm. or the, is the, you know the physical center that's that, that's called the Adamahi and uh, and um, interestingly enough it was called uh, it it was, um, uh, was I was connecting at the time with uh, with the Muslala which is an art group in uh, Jerusalem uh, which we found parallels of action in public space and. And also working with a new pro student program connected to the Vidyalim. And anyway, in one of the courses, um, the students drew, drew us into the Klal building, and that's where mm-hmm. suddenly I, I said, you know, when I saw there was a level at the, the, the rooftop there, that I said, wow, you know, creating a Damahi here at this, you know, at this level of the rooftop would be amazing. Like, and, and so I got drawn into to manifesting, you know, that, uh, that point, but it's a, it's a huge, uh, complex building, a lot of po- complex dynamics. I won't go into the whole story of it, but yeah. that was where I was active until, um, uh, so, so the, the, and, and the manifestation of it, what I saw was also um, Adamahi being, uh, creating a whole, um, uh, how do you say, a holistic center, which the earth-based research and center is part of it. That was what, what I could see in this space. So this mm-hmm. is how I got uh, in, um, engaged into, how do you say, giving birth to that, to the Milpeset and uh, giving birth to, to the Milpeset with the quality of uh, Adamahi as, a, uh, as embedded for me was it was crucial that the earth is central, okay? You don't like, you don't put the, the earth as dirt under the carpet and put mm-hmm. it at the edge or in the high but it has to be central have a connection central yeah mm-hmm. so this is how we we created an amazing an amazing uh, setting with anyway with the so you created a space that invites uh, to interaction and uh, a dialogue with the it's 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 a physical workshop physical workshop that was um, uh, designed for earth work it demonstrates a lot mm-hmm. of uh, um, uh, possibilities and uh, which uh, one of my material fascination and development is, is sculptural design materials which yeah we won't go into it because it's too much but it's it's more mixtures that are uh, have to do with um, uh, lightweight for, for, for sculpting and design rather than the heavy mm-hmm. building material um, yeah so there are a lot of um, uh, how do you say um, um, demonstration uh, boards and demonstration objects and elements and uh, and uh, and teaching methods and uh, raw materials to observe so that's that's uh, that's 
the vision of a space that people can come and actually work on either on you know, special course training. They can visually see, immediately get an experience of uh, not just sections of raw materials, but also manifestations of you know, sections of elements, walls. And, and it was fascinating to have it in the, in the middle of the city, why it was drawn into the city. And this is another thing that came into the connection uh, uh, for me, opening up, it's, you know, it's like doing this big opening of the ground in the middle of the city, <laughs> and so this is this is the vision of of, of uh, Damahi. Mm. Um, we came, uh, you know, when you have a, 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 a big vision, needs, you know, there's I think long journeys and steps to them, and yeah. I think the main, my main. Uh, Challenge or obstacle is what to, to create the right organizational mm. cooperation, like creating cooperation in a. Uh, this is something that I find, um, 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 I say, a proper cooperation with humans today, even in the field of eco sustainability and whatever, we still not practiced in the human uh, way of, yeah, we can talk very high, highly. Um, uh, ideologically and um, materially, scientifically, but humanly in the human relationship, I think we still have a long uh, way to go, and I think we still getting. So something actually that I, I from my own uh, studies many many years ago when I started in permaculture was very very uh, become very very widely known that the the most uh, challenging systems to develop. And that's in the permaculture space. Everyone's very, very altruistic and community ready and everything. The most challenging area was community and, and human systems, how to interact with so mm -hmm. I resonate with those challenges that you that you and I just wanna ask you um towards we get to the end of our interview, the, uh, where do you where do you feel like uh the transformation of uh Ademai and now where how do you feel it's uh do you still have a uh a, you still have a desire to create that. Um, do you still feel connected to that work very strongly? I understand it's a challenging phase right now, but do you feel you feel a connection still to that work, to that vision? I feel a strong connection to that vision, but I have no idea what the true manifestation of it is, mm. and and what is it for me and my position and role in it. Mm. Um, with the challenges that I have, I have had in uh, yeah, the the past uh, years, and and uh, you know the, the, the you know the, the sacrifices that I also consciously made, both on you know letting go and uh, and taking taking on letting go. Uh, I um, at this point, um, I feel I have to. Uh, Stay with the, with the questions and with the unknown, mm. the, and let it you know let and 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 to be in the big observation mode, like take um, take take time to see what um, yeah what to to figure out. I'm uh, things and and mainly let uh, let let things uh, unfold. In, in their way, you know, things. Interestingly, somehow things 
come to me and, and that one of the things which I think is different when you did and how do you do even even you coming to me you know these reachings out which are for me a way of observing and 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 kind kind of unraveling and unfolding what's what what is the next steps so a big part of yeah creating the space creating you know is um, um, uh, this physical space which is the home space in the location it is it's a lot of things you know that are triggered uh, um, which may be called here and and yeah there's a lot of approaches that are made so uh, I was also in the um, uh, the last summer I was in a, in um, Serbia in a conference uh, and mm-hmm. a festival a northern festival conference in Serbia and in a training for trainers in in France like I really follow and really fascinated about a lot what's happening in the European uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, in uh, I've been for several years I was uh, already some kind of so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm there I'm in that uh, in, I'm in observation in uh, in uh, between <laughs> between letting go hibernating you know all these words that um in Hebrew, Shemitah is, is the best word. Mm, okay, because, now we can full circle. Yeah, because in, in when when you let you know you let, you let, you need to let the earth mm-hmm. rest, and that resting and letting go creates an, an openness for uh, for revitalizing, re-understanding, re yes, and, and lots with. I think it sounds like uh, Daphne that your your work, your previous work, has really given you a, 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 a methodology of uh, of having a, of how to how to process this kind of uh, transformation. It sounds like a very sounds like you have a a, a pretty a very good uh, skill set, a very good uh, way to 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 somehow process that transformation. It's not such an easy transformation. I think at some point it sounds like you you have to kind of let it be intuitive, and that's not such an easy thing for some people to do. So. So I commend you on that. It sounds really like uh, the the right the right stage. Shemitah really, for our listeners, uh, Shemitah means um, every seven years in a, in a Jewish uh, um, religion and, and in the Jewish studies. Every once every seven years in the land of Israel, there is laws about not uh, tilling the land, not not farming, and, and that means you just there's a cessation of work and you don't touch and you just let and it's a like you said it's a very observational stage it's a very you know also from permaculture observation is a big thing we learn a lot from just not doing <laughs> I think it's a very uh, deep thing that you said there that like that's the stage of transformation now for for, for Adamahim for yourself in that journey it's uh, it's uh, it's Shemitah very interesting Daphne, I just want to take the chance to, to acknowledge all the work that you've done and, and that's, uh, that's yet to come. Um, it's a very significant work, I know, in Israel and, and, for, the, and for all the world. It's, uh, in EcoIQ, everything is about connection. And uh, I want to acknowledge you for the connections you've made in, 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 the, in the building itself, to the material, to yourself, and, and also to other people. It's a very uh, interactive work. And uh, um, I wish you all the best. On the on the on the journey, and I'm sure it's going to be. A, there's many many things we didn't unpack in this uh, in this interview. I have uh, 
I, I've done already quite a few interviews and, and I usually get to ask most of the questions and I didn't even touch uh, half of them and I did but but I'm really pleased that we went in the areas that we did and uh, I'm sure uh, you know uh, please God that we'll be able to touch those spaces again maybe you know after a bit of a rest after mm-hmm. a bit of Shemitah <laughs> we'll be able to touch uh, different areas again so I uh, really appreciate your time today Daphna and uh, it feels that it could go on I'm sure for uh, quite a bit longer <laughs> but I appreciate your time Daphna and uh, if, you, if you I just want to ask you one last question for anyone that uh, is out there any of our listeners and they feel like uh, touched by what we talked about and they want to have a, a connection what, what would you what would you suggest? What would you suggest is a first step without anything? Soon we'll get to, we'll, we'll offer where, where they can find you. But even before that, even before anyone, without any tools, without any, what, what's a, like something you would suggest just to feel a little bit what we're talking about? Just do the very first simple thing, go outside, look beneath your feet or beyond your eyes, give a touch to the ground. Mm. Pick up a bit of earth or dirt or however you like to call it into your hands. Um, mold it, smell it, and yeah, just take a f- mm. deep breath and, and remember it. You know, just, just become, yeah, it's very yeah. simple. Very easy. Yeah. Very easy, but very hard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Daphna, where where can uh, can let us know where we can where we can find your work? Uh, um, luckily, you have also a site in English. It's, uh, so if you can, uh, and also in Hebrew, if you could just let us know, I'll put a, I'll be putting links in the in the in the podcast on Anchor and all the all the stations we we we've got our podcast. But also just uh, let people know visually and verbally. They can, well, what's, where can people find you? I think the best if you yeah you put the the website and we can even put I think my phone number and email on the and physically at the moment yeah so I think that would be the the first stage of contact and then people can know I'm in the center uh, I'm in Jerusalem in the German uh, colony I have my little uh, uh, nourishing space here people are invited to approach to connect and uh, try and come here just to uh, and yeah and uh, whatever I can uh, offer and uh, contribute or they can to me great great so I, d- I definitely recommend our listeners to take advantage of, uh, of that and, and we'll post all those links and uh, yeah I'm definitely personally gonna uh, 100% engage in, in uh, more of um, Daphne's work uh, hopefully if she'll if she'll, uh, if she'll add the, the connection uh, that's definitely a, uh, it's something I feel personally there are some guests that I interview that I feel I need to investigate the work a little bit deeper and, and definitely Daphne's work is, uh, is something I feel I need to investigate for my own journey and for the journey of the project that we're doing now so can I offer to uh, to to Try and say the, the, the poem because it ends that. So, yeah, I, I tell you the truth. It's been in my mind from the first questions, and I just uh, I, I realize we, we do have uh, uh, yeah, as much as I would like to hold it, but I, I, I'd, love you to, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about the poem of, uh, of wholeness. I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Okay, we'll, poem, we'll, we'll, leave it as a, we'll leave it as a, as a trailer for, for, our next, uh, for our next talk. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's, called, it's titled The Mystery of the Wholeness of Home. Home is always under construction. Its wholeness includes holes, the holes of things that were and have died, and holes yet to be filled. Mm. 
these are the holes of things to be unfolded in the process of becoming, and that's the wonder of its mystery. Between holes that are comfortably filled and holes that are left empty, I learn to flow with change. I acknowledge the fragility of being, and ephemerality, I realize, is just the other side of the same sphere, so I grow to honor it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I missed something. Fantastic. No, no, that's a, that's a perfect, uh, Daphne. Thank you very much. I, I, like I said, we could, we could definitely uh, continue, but I, I would appreciate your time, Daphne, and, and uh, we'll catch you in the next iteration, for sure. And I would really like to thank you and uh, say good luck on your journey with Echo IQ. Thank you. I think you. it's important, and uh, I like the, your approach and the way you, you go about doing it. So okay, thank you. Okay. Every, every guest uh, contributes uh, their, their own thing, and it's very, uh, you know, thank God with the guests um, so far, they contribute a lot to the, it's, it's all about connection, we say at Echo IQ, and, and the connection is what makes the, what makes the home. Not the, not the, not the star. I'm definitely not the star of the show. <laughs> so thank you very much, Stefan. Okay.